1: Welcome to Money Sense, I'm Karen Ellenbecker, I'm the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. We're located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive. We're in that great big, beautiful town bank building. We're also in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank building, which is directly, well, really kitty corner from Winkies. We also service our clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. My guest today is Nick Starr and we have a lot of things in common. Nick's company is a family owned company. In fact, it was actually started, the star group was started in 1956 by his grandfather, and um, his dad has been in it, he's in it, and it's uh, his name is on the door, which has always been an important thing that we always think about with Ellen Becker, and we've also got three generations as well. We also, one of the very first times I met Nick was through the Better Business Bureau because they also received that most prestigious award of uh, ethics and integrity and in how they do business, and so I love to have people that we do business with on the air, um, because one of the most difficult things is always trying to um, find who should I work with? Who should I call? And so today I'm introducing you to Nick Starr. Nick does all of my insurance does our our company's insurance and has worked with many, many of our clients. And Nick is the president of the Starr Group, which is right located in Greenfield. Welcome to the show. Once again,
0: thank you for having me always excited to be here.
1: You know, Nick, um, insurance seems to be something that is so often overlooked, and as you know, every time we sit down with a client, we try to look at all of their investments, we try to look at everything that sort of makes their life go around, and insurance is such a part of that, and we don't actually do insurance. We rely on you to evaluate and to look at our clients' portfolio of their insurance, just to make sure that they're, you know, that they're really covered and that there aren't any gaps in the policies. But one of the things that always comes up, we'll say, well, you know, you have auto insurance, you have an umbrella, do you have um, homeowners insurance? And we talk about things like that and have you reviewed it recently? And they, no, haven't reviewed it at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I, and I've learned from you that that isn't you know, you can't just set it and go that insurance changes, premiums change, your coverage changes. And so I'd like to talk today about auto and homeowners, but also what you've learned through covid, because, you know, everybody has um, had experiences in their business with covid. And certainly you did, too. And now we're seeing the huge rise in real estate. And I don't know if people really understand. If they should be rethinking their insurance, um, the prices have gone up so crazy. Um, what that looks like. So again, welcome to the show, and that's a big plateful of things. To do. I was going to say, <laughs> where do I
0: even start there?
1: Well, start. I guess just what what you know, COVID is hopefully behind yeah. us, but some things have changed. And yeah. um, what have you? What have you recognized for your industry?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Wow, there's, there's been a lot of challenges throughout the COVID era and we're, we're, we're actually experiencing probably some of the largest challenges now uh, more than ever with the supply chain um, issues with, with um, just the increasing cost in labor and materials. So touching on two things there, the challenge that COVID creates actually um, reinforces why it's so important that you take time to review your insurance programs because things are constantly changing. And we've gotten into this really strange industry where people see it as being boilerplate, and it, it isn't. And unfortunately, a lot of the carriers in the industry advertise in that direction as well. You know, the name your price tool or only pay for what you need. And these are, are, are not good things to have happen to our industry because it's, it's conditioning people to say, yeah, you're right. I don't need these things. It's unlikely that it's going to happen. So why mess with it until it happens? So being an independent gives us an opportunity to look and and shop through and market multiple different carriers that focus on different things for our clients, depending on those clients' circumstances. One of those circumstances being there's a lot of time, effort, pride put into purchasing your home, building your home again, now more than ever inventory is at its lowest, in the real estate, people are spending um, unbelievable amounts on purchasing their homes and waiving inspections. So there's there's more of an opportunity or a chance for the unknown. Um, so it's important that you're looking at your insurance policy and saying, "Hey, if there's a total loss, how am I covered? What am I covered for?" And um, you know, there's a couple things that you you want to be looking out for, and that's of course making sure your home is insured at replacement value. Um, we're starting to see probably the average cost of rebuilding being around $225 a square foot. So a really good activity to do is if you're concerned with this, which I think everyone should be, is take the replacement value that's listed on your current home deck page and divide that by the square footage of your home. That's going to give you the cost per square foot. And it's going to give you a really good indication of whether you're compliant with what those costs are looking like these days or not. One of the other fail-safe things that you can do, and one of the things that we do for our clients is we represent carriers that offer what's called guaranteed replacement cost. Now, this is only available on on a homeowner's policy, HO 3 or an H05, but what this does is you still determine what you feel the replacement value of the home should be, but you slap on this additional endorsement that basically states that if there's a total loss to your home, any additional amount exceeding the replacement value you have listed is still covered by the carrier. So it is a complete fail-safe, and again, something that we've been adamant about, not just over these last few years, but in, in the entirety of our history. If we can add guaranteed replacement cost, it clears up any uncertainty of whether the replacement value we, we've estimated is accurate or not.
1: Nick, you know, words are always defined by who's, who's the one that's saying them and how they're written. And when you see it's a total replacement, if your home is totally destroyed, what does that mean? I mean, does it mean that there's not a wall standing? Does What does it mean? Yeah.
0: That's actually a really good question. Um, because what a lot of people do is they think of replacement as the market value and, and two entirely different values. So I'll get, uh, I will answer your question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But it's an important thing to note that the market value is not what you should be listing your home replacement value. at. that's what the market has it listed at. Now, right now, those are higher than they've been in the past. Um, But replacement takes into consideration. So to answer your question, if there's any destruction, um, whether it's 10%, 20%, 50%, or in, in its entirety, to replace the portion that's damaged, meaning the labor, the materials, If permits need to get pulled, if there needs to be any architect fees, or if it's so extreme that you actually have to tear down and clear debris, all of that goes into the replacement value. So it's really important that, again, that number be accurate, taking all of that into consideration.
1: So right now, just on the note of the homes that are being sold at such um, a high value, um, you're really interested in how much it's going to cost to build it
0: yeah. again. Yeah, absolutely. So, let's, we don't play the game of, all right, well, the likeliness of it fully being destroyed is unlikely. So, we're only going to insure it for 50%. We don't, we don't play that game um, because it's, it's only going to get you in trouble. Uh, meaning, we're always looking at every single home as if there's a total loss. What is it going to cost us to get you back to where? Um, you were prior to that loss and there's quite a bit that goes into that again there's no magic um, crystal ball but we're also not just pulling numbers out of the hat we do actually use and pay for a program uh, that helps us estimate and assess those values so when we're working with a new client or an existing client with a new home or there's been a major change we're taking variables of the home so constructions or footage attached, detached garage, finished basement. what percentage of it, um, all of these things, and we're plugging it into an estimator to help us determine what that value should be. So we want to find that accurate number, but then then again, we add some of those safety nets simply because there really is no crystal ball until that total loss occurs. And it also depends on the year based on material and labor.
1: So Nick, let's talk about more things. What are some of the things that can go wrong in your house? I mean, you know, sometimes people just need a little bit of an insight. I mean, we think of the simple things as, you know, if you've got, um, what happened to one of my girlfriends was that they got up in the morning, their electricity was out and they, and their water, and they turned on their faucets. The kids turned on the faucets and they were over on the side of the counter and all day while they were at school, the water was running
0: Mm. and
1: it ran from the entire first floor all the way down to the basement, literally ruined all the carpet and uh, i mean that was an unfortunate yeah. situation or you have a backed up toilet or mm-hmm. i love that commercial on tv where the kids are in a swimming pool on the upper floor <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's just splashing over <laughs> yeah splashing all over oh, yeah. as if as if we really have that but you right. know things do happen and mm-hmm. how do you protect yourself we've got terrible storms um coming and uh how, We need insurance, but people don't realize all of the different things that can happen to a home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's another really good point because most homeowners policies typically start unendorsed. And what that means is they're relatively basic. You know, people are looking for kind of the standouts, which is, okay, I've got my replacement value. I've got my content coverage. I've got my liability. All right. I guess I'm good. That's actually not how that works. You really wanna be looking at extra endorsements because again, the standard homeowner's policy, if you look at the exclusion section, has pages of exclusions, pages of exclusions that you don't even think about. And there's not many people that take the time to to dig into their insurance policy. You know, it's about 150 pages. Um, So unless unless, uh, you got a nice glass of wine and a a fire to sit next to, (laughs) even then it's not much fun. But you bring up some good points. Um, There's very common occurrences that we often find are excluded on homeowners policies. Water backup is a really good example of one of those. So a standard homeowners policy doesn't actually cover any damage caused to the property or the contents or cleanup for water that backs up. And that's the key word, back up comes up through drains, sump pumps, septics. If the power goes out and the sump is not working and it overflows, you need to have an extra endorsement stating how much coverage you have available for the replacement of the damaged property and or the damaged contents that are in the basement, which can be, you know, you get into furnace, water heater, washer, dryer, just replacing carpeting and drywall, it stacks up quickly. And again, now more than ever, with material costs being really high. Um,
1: Nick, I'm going to yeah. jump in real quick and sure. take a take a break. I'm looking at the clock and I'm going, whoops, Why? we're having we're having so much fun here. <laughs> yeah. My guest today is Nick Starr. He is the president of the Starr Group. Um, he is located right in Greenfield, Wisconsin. And as I said earlier, they are a recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Ethics and Integrity. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense, I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I am the founder and the senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. If you would like to know more about us, you can go to ellenbecker.com. My guest today is Nick Starr. He's the president of the Starr Group, and we have been talking about homeowners insurance and auto insurance, and right before we took the break, we were talking about some of the things that go wrong that people don't really realize. And sometimes they're simple things like a squirrel getting in your house, or um, you've got people that get hurt, um, that are at your home, slip and falls. And so, Nick, what are some of the other things that um, people need to really be concerned about and to look at their policies and review them?
0: Yeah, so as we were talking, um, you want to make sure that you've got the proper and necessary endorsements, and it's exploring those. And, you know, your, your agent should be able to um, explain what is available. Uh, but every carrier is a little bit different, which is another factor Um, You know, you need to make sure that you're with a carrier that represents these endorsements to be able to offer them. But we talked about the water backup. Um, Another real tricky one that a lot of people disregard is what's called building ordinance and law. And what most people don't realize is that when your home suffers a a substantial loss, typically 50 percent or more, the municipality actually gets involved and starts requiring that you rebuild back to present day code. Most policies only cover about 10% of building ordinance, where we would typically uh, typically recommend 100% of that is included, so up to your building value. Um, but even things like identity theft and cyber have now become a staple for homeowners policies, and they're a really nice medium. Um, you know, I think everyone's heard of LifeLock and some of those uh, third-party services that are being offered. These aren't that, but they're a really nice middle ground and they're very inexpensive. I think for a majority of our, our carriers, the average cost of adding cyber or identity theft services is like $15 a year. And it's covering anywhere from about fifteen dollars to $30,000 of restoration damages. And this is really becoming a pretty sizable issue, especially in the cyber world. So we were all introduced to identity theft Now it's becoming cyber where they're um, using extortion tactics or ransomware tactics or data breach tactics on people personally. It's a bigger issue in the commercial business world, but believe it or not, it is actually melting into the personal world and people of power or um, people that are of high net worth are being targeted uh, differently in this capacity, so definitely something else to consider. When reviewing your your homeowners policy, is another endorsement add on there?
1: You know, Nick, I know that you also work with businesses, and it just came to mind as you were talking about cybersecurity and things like that. So you're really, um, when you talk about risk management, it's in risk that affects all of your life, your personal life, your business life. And I know a lot of us have kids that have moved out and they're renting condos or apartments in their school areas. What are some of the things parents need to know about that?
0: About kids renting?
1: Kids renting and, or even, you know, touching on renters, Mm -hmm. just basically people with renter insurance.
0: Yeah. It's something that most people don't typically think about, but really important more, more so from the liability perspective, right? We we've all been Uh, college students before. And of course, it's the time of our life that we're, um, you know, experimenting with different things, (laughs) having parties. Um, So liabilities are really important component of a renter's policy, meaning if something happens to the building that you're occupying, i.e. there's a kitchen fire, or someone slips and falls down the stairs, it's providing liability coverage to prevent um, not only the student, uh, or the child but also the parents from being pulled into a lawsuit um, in additional liability it covers things like contents it covers loss of use um, not that as a college student we probably all have a ton of contents but nonetheless important for things like laptops electronics furniture um, and then loss of use is really helpful in the event that the apartment does have some type of loss or sustains a loss where it's unlivable it puts the student or the child uh, up in a hotel or something um, of, of similar style capacity um, while it's being rebuilt or remediated. And these renter's policies, I mean, it's, it's like 100, 150 bucks a year on average to have a quality renter's policy. So they're very inexpensive, um, but something that's typically out of sight, out of mind. So for anyone that has a student or a child that's renting, regardless of how old they are, we recommend it in 100% of of those situations.
1: You know, Nick, it was a big surprise in Waukesha this last year um, when the condo association, the building was condemned and all these people had to move out and their insurance did not cover the building because it didn't get demolished as it did in Florida. How do people protect themselves if they're part of an association how, you know, what can they do to make sure that they're not evicted and yet they still have to pay all of the expenses because they actually own the building? Is there yeah, anything?
0: That, yeah, that, that gets a little bit technical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, having been part of a condo association myself and on the board, associations are tough just because they're all very different, right? It's important you take the time to read the bylaws of the association to understand the responsibility of Uh, the unit owners. But yes, there are things that can be done. Um, So first is confirming and being involved in the creation of the master policy, right? The master policy is what's covering the portion that belongs to the association, common areas, the exterior, the roof. But then for individuals who have condo insurance, there's actually a coverage called loss assessment. And you typically max out at about 50,000 This is something else that anytime we're working with someone that owns a condo, we slap this $50,000 on there. It's very inexpensive. But what it does is, in the event there's um, a gap in coverage between the master policy and what the association's responsible for, it provides $50,000 to you personally for that. So for example, um you have a a nasty windstorm that comes through and rips the roof off of the association and for whatever reason the master policy doesn't cover it or they're excluding it or they're saying no we're not covering that so if that's a two hundred thousand dollar damage they're going to take that two hundred thousand dollars and distribute it amongst the owners of the association that is where loss assessment would step in and cover um, at least up to the fifty thousand dollars that you as the unit owner is responsible for. And then of course, if you have loss of use, which loss of use should be included in every single policy, it's, it's, um, it's standard. And when I say it should, it, it is. It's one of the four main coverages that you get. The question there is, is it enough? And a lot of people typically don't look at that. And condos are a little bit trickier because it's a percentage of your contents. So if you only have about $50,000 of content coverage, your loss of use is gonna be really limited. So that's another thing to keep an eye on to cover all of those extra expenses in the event you have to live elsewhere while your building is being rebuilt, remediated, um, remodeled.
1: Nick, people often talk about the importance of having an umbrella policy. Can you talk a little bit about that is?
0: Absolutely. Probably the single most important <laughs> policy that you can buy these days Um, and it's it's a cushion it's a cushion of liability. Um, It's important to note that when it comes to insurance I typically reference the auto when I talk about the umbrella even though the umbrella does extend over everything that you own so your home but really when you're behind the wheel of your car is where the greatest exposure exists. You You rear end someone these days you're responsible for the property damage the medical of anyone that's injured. You get into loss of income, future earnings. And then there's even something in Wisconsin where you know forbid you hit and kill someone, you're subject to what's called the wrongful death statute, which starts taking into consideration loss of companionship, loss of household services. As you can gather, costs can add up very, very quickly. Medical costs alone these days are astronomical. So the purpose is we want to make sure that we've got enough coverage to cover those potential losses. Because if you don't, all of your personal assets become exposed. They can get after your auto, they can get after your home, they can take a percentage of your paycheck, whatever they can get at. They're going to try to other than your 401k is really the only thing that's protected there. But the umbrella provides increments of a million dollar coverage on top of what you have on your auto or homeowner's policy. So it's creating more protection, more of a cushion to prevent anyone from, again, accessing your personal assets as garnishment. And these are also relatively inexpensive policies. They're rated based on the number of drivers, the number of vehicles, the number of homes, and then, of course, any toys you might have. Or in Wisconsin, so there's boats, ATVs, things like that. But on average, the, the typical household consisting of you know, two cars, two drivers in a home, you're probably looking anywhere from 100 to $150 a year for a $1 million umbrella policy.
1: That's amazing. My guest today is Nick Starr. He's the president of the Starr Group, which is located right in Greenfield. And as I said, Nick does all of my insurance and does our company's insurance as well. It's a great firm. And one of the things I like about it is that they have the ability to look at all different insurance carriers. And so Nick, when we come back, can you answer the questions? Are all insurance companies the same? And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investor Group. If you would like to meet with us and have us do a a complete review of your whole life, so that's your finances and all of your estate planning, um, your insurance planning, your life insurance planning, your auto, as I said, and your homeowners, we really think that it's important if you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck and really you work hard, and you save hard, and there are so many little areas that things often can be improved. And it's often just nice to know that you don't, you're, you're in a good place, that you've got the best policies, you've got the best investments you can have. My guest today is Nick Starr. He's the president of the Starr Group, which is located right in Greenfield, Wisconsin. And Nick, are all insurance companies the same I mean, no. some of them. Some of them are, you know, like you can look at lots of different things, and some are exclusive. Right. They only sell one, right. one, one type of policy.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've got independents, you've got direct writers, you've got large advertisers. There, there, there's a slew of them, and nothing any, any of them are are bad or or the wrong move. There's all, they're, they're different based on the applicant. Um, but we're very particular about the carriers that we represent. Um, a, we want to make sure that they're financially uh, highly financially rated. So we work with carriers that are rated A or better. Um, which there's all kinds of rating systems out there. AM's Best is typically the most recognizable, but it, it comes down to the coverages and the stability, and of course the claims handling. Those are really the three variables that we look at in insurance carrier. So from a stability perspective, we love our super regionals, and we're really lucky in Wisconsin to have. The West Bends, the Acuities, the Securas, um, because they're not operating on a national on a national level. And even though we do work with some national companies, um, we tend to see better stability with the mutual regional carriers because they're not being impacted by things that are going on in other parts of the US. Um, coverage, again, is another really big important factor. Not every carrier offers the same coverages. We talked about things like water backup that's pretty common, but guaranteed replacement cost that's not common. Um, Underground service line coverage, not that common. Equipment breakdown, all risk, special personal property, building ordinance. These are all additional endorsements that very few companies have the ability to offer. So we make sure and one of the reasons we're very selective and don't represent every carrier in the industry is because we need to make sure that they cover these checkpoints. We need to make sure that what we're providing our clients aligns with our philosophy of all encompassing holistic, not just picking and choosing and saying you're probably fine with this. Um, So yeah stability. um, Coverage and then, of course, claims handling and as an independent, we actually are involved in the claims process, we have a liaison in house here that work with our clients, so we really get a front row seat perspective on how carriers handle claims. Um, And for us, as an independent, we work and hold our clients' hands through all of those dealings so they're not having to contact the carrier directly. So we can tell very early on in a relationship with the carrier how they are um, with handling claims and, uh, of course, honoring the coverages that are in place and going above and beyond and making sure that the the client is satisfied. So in short, no, not all carriers (laughs) are the same.
1: You know, Nick, one of the things that comes up too when we ask people about their insurance and their coverage is often they don't even know who their agent is because the agents have changed. Um, again, I would say how important it is to know your agent and to be reviewing your documents, what you have. How often should somebody be looking at that? I know that you're looking at ours all the time.
0: Yeah. So there's, there's a couple <laughs> different factors there. Uh, I'd say at least annually, um, but life changes. So we send out notifications throughout the year, just reminding clients of what life changes are important or can impact uh, your your ratings. So things like home renovations, or adding a pool, adding a student driver, adding a trust to your home, replacing the roof, getting a new vehicle—these are all things where there should be communication back and forth with your agency, um, in some capacity, um, and then at minimum. We're we're unique in the sense that as as a sizable agency, meaning we've got uh, our personalized department consists of, I got to think, eight different people. Um, Five of them are focused on working with the day-to-day of our clients, which allows us to do some things differently. Um, What I mean by that is we can proactively um, review our clients' coverage where in the event that there is or happens to be um, uh, an increase above the industry average, we actually can proactively flag the account to remarket with our other carriers to confirm that it's competitive. Or in the event there is a substantial life change where this carrier might be very good um, prior to youthful operators, and now you have two youthful operators, that is an opportunity for us to look at another carrier that might be better with youthful operators. So communication is important, but I'd say at least annually, you know, sit down, look at it, um, review it. Just make sure you understand it. Make sure it's it's been updated with your daily life um, or your annual life updates, um, because your agent only only knows what what you tell them, right? Um, again, we don't have a crystal ball on our end, so it, it's it's just happenstantial by communication.
1: The other thing is, um, so often. I'll hear somebody say, I have been paying this insurance for so long. I make one claim and my insurance goes up.
0: <laughs> yeah. and that's, How does that work? In the personal lines world, it's very black and white. And I say that because in commercial lines, there's, there's a credit structure. It's more of a negotiation. In personal lines, every carrier submits their rates to the state. Um, so they're set. And then they have experience ratings where They might say if I have, uh, if it's an at fault claim or a a non wind or hail claim, there might be a 15 or 20% surcharge that gets applied to the policy. So it's part of the industry. I know it's an annoying part of the industry for uh, especially for those of of you and us who have been in these 20 year relationships with the agency or a carrier never filed a claim and then boom, you file one and it goes up. What's important to note is have the communication before you file a claim. Um, Because what a lot of people don't realize is typically those surcharges will stay on the policy for three years. So have a conversation to verify that it makes sense to file it before you just go ahead and do that. Um, Because they look at frequency and they look at severity. Um, But that's another benefit of being an independent or being with a broker, where you have more than one option because some carriers are more strict with losses than others. Some may not surcharge at all. Some might have accident forgiveness options. It really just depends on who you're with. Um, But again, being with a broker, they'll have alternatives to utilize in the event you do have an incident or a a couple incidents where you're now seeing a a, a spiked rate.
1: Nick, what about um, things like jewelry, artwork, collectibles, um, fancy cars or is that all separate or does that fall underneath that umbrella or, or um, underneath your your general insurance
0: um so there's two different things you're kind of talking about there fancy cars that's going to be in your auto policy right you insure you your vehicle's the same um by adding them to your auto policy and then having comprehensive and collision to cover that um when it comes to to things like jewelry uh collectibles um many times Um, policies, and I I should actually take that back, not many times, all of the time, homeowners policies have limitations on how much coverage is applied or provided. Um, Typically, it's jewelry, furs, guns, um, and sometimes artwork. Um, So most policies are going to cover a a token amount of jewelry, like $1,000. It's almost nothing. So what you want to do is if you have anything of value, you want to schedule that separately. And what that's doing is it's expanding the, the the coverage to meet whatever the value is. It's also removing it um, from having to be paid uh, a deductible. Um, so if you have a loss, there's no there's no deductible. Um, but it's just it's it's more comprehensive coverage for those items as well. And if there's not sub limits on your policy, then they actually technically are covered under your contents, but subject to a deductible.
1: My guest today is Nick Starr. He's the president of the Star Group, which is located in Greenfield. If you would like to reach out to him, you can call at 414-421-3800, or you can go to nstarr, S-T-A-R-R, at stargroup.com. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. My guest today is Nick Starr. He's the president of the Starr Group. If you would like to reach out to him, you can at 414-421-3800. Nick, let's talk a little bit more about auto insurance. And I know um, I have a granddaughter. I can't believe it. That just turned 16 is starting to drive. And uh, you know, it's a, it's a scary, it's always a scary thought for parents, but are there any things that parents need to know? And what are some of the things that people should think about in terms of their own um, auto policies?
0: Yeah. Well, get ready because it's the most expensive driver there is, is a young 16-year-old. Uh, believe it or not, males are more expensive than females, so they figured that out somehow statistically. I don't, I don't get it, but um, <laughs> yeah, there are some things that you definitely want to think about. This this reinforces uh, why it's so important to have an umbrella policy, right? You've now got this young, young inexperienced driver um, that you're essentially liable for. So your, your youthful operator gets into an accident that reflects back on used parents. So really, really important that they're obviously getting the, the experience that they need. So going through the trainings and, of course, there's driver's ed. Um, not sure to what capacity uh, or how detailed that is these days, but um, just making sure that you trust them as a driver. Um, and then, of course, having the necessary coverage to back that up. As far as pricing goes there are some things that you can take into consideration to keep that at a reduced rate again it's never going to be a small number but there's there's a way to really cut that into to probably um half or even two-thirds of the normal cost um so those variables are Um, ensuring that they've got a 3.0 in school, there's what's called a good student discount, and that can actually be pretty sizable. So they need to show that they have at least a 3.0 or better, whether that's on their most recent uh, semester or overall GPA. Um, The most substantial is not having their own vehicle. Um, It's important to note that the carriers do require that you have a, a driver rated for every vehicle that you have in the household. So if you have three drivers and three vehicles, there's no way to get around this. However, if you have two vehicles and three drivers, you can list that youthful operator as an occasional driver. And there's principal and there's an occasional. So of course, principal means there's a lot more exposure. They have a vehicle that they can drive whenever they want. When they're an occasional driver, there's a much reduced risk there knowing that they don't have access to a a car full-time. So that makes a pretty substantial difference. In the event you're like most parents who are looking forward to their children to get their driver's license number so you don't have to drive them around anymore, the best way to go about that is to get them a vehicle that's older that doesn't require, say, comprehensive or collision coverage on it where you're just covering it for liability Um, or if it's older, those physical damage costs are going to be much lower than with a newer vehicle. So that's, that's a way you can combat that a little bit, but those are really the three things that you can do to, to try and keep that rate, um, at a, at a minimum.
1: And so what are some of the things, or is there anything that someone can do if they've got a difficult driving record?
0: Um, yeah, that gets, that gets tough. Um. You know, there's carriers out there that are a little bit more in tune with that, but not really, it, it's timing. So you just, you, you really wanna be mindful because when you go down that road and you're starting to get losses with some consistency, get ready to, get ready to pay more. Um, so it's important, it's important you be mindful of that. And unfortunately, you know, children, I'm even reflecting on back when I was 16 years old, you just, it, it doesn't resonate. You know, you just, you think you're invincible and you think those things don't matter. So having some stake in it is definitely helpful to show them that their actions do have reactions. Um, some carriers, depending on who you're with, might have um, smart, smart devices now that you plug in, where it monitors, they're braking, how much they're driving, that can actually impact and improve um, rates. Um, there's driver safety programs with some carriers teen smart programs so it just takes asking your carrier if there's anything else that you can do to influence their rates but um, when you do have a young driver that you are you're starting to see some some activity with whether it be accidents or violations it's not something to take lightly definitely you know take take the necessary action of restricting them or you um, or limiting how much they're driving because it's a reflection on you. You're If you're paying those, those costs, they get high. And then again, you wanna make sure that you're not being pulled into a liability lawsuit because of your team driver.
1: Nick, we only have a few minutes left and I'm wondering if you could go over what it looks like to have your insurance reviewed because um, we take it and we send it over to you. And you come back and say, these are the things that you think are missing. These are the things that could be better. You know, we offer our clients the opportunity to go back to their own carrier. They can reestablish a relationship with you, which is always wonderful because we've got a direct access to you <laughs> yeah. when, we, when we have questions. But can you just for someone who's out in the audience that says, "You know I haven't even looked at my insurance in a gazillion years, and so often what happens is a parent gets insurance and then the kids stay with that person and the whole family stays, and nobody's ever looked at anything.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, if it's been if it's been even over a year since you've had a conversation regarding your insurance, it's always good to have a fresh pair of eyes take a look at them. Um, and it's it's non-committal, too, right? Uh, reviews are are pretty much complimentary where someone can take a look at what you have and really point out some of the potential voids or concerns. Um, Your declaration pages, um, those are basically the first few pages of every policy that summarize what you have in terms of coverage, uh, deductibles, what's covered, those endorsements. Those are what we typically request on the front end to say, hey, send us those deck pages, We'll review those and then we can come back with essentially a list um, portraying um, any concerns or recommendations. Um, And there's definitely some situations too where we come back and say, hey, actually, this looks pretty good. We don't have much in terms of recommendations other than maybe we can improve the rate. Um, But it's more so, um, you know, looking at liability limits, looking at those endorsements, looking at the replacement value of the home. And just making sure that they're up to date um so yeah again if you haven't done that in a while good to have those fresh eyes on it relatively quick um it does not take long um to go through that process it's simply some some data gathering and then um, very easy for us to put together a proposal
1: well the last thing you want to do is have something go wrong and wish you had changed it or wish you had known um, it's a simple thing to just you know get another opinion and make sure you're you're in the right place
0: couldn't agree more
1: so nick what are the last couple of things that you would suggest to our clients in terms of their insurance
0: um yeah yeah again i i reiterate what i mentioned earlier about making sure you've got the necessary liability coverage that's really the, the, the biggest exposure that you have from an insurance perspective focus on what matters to you focus on tailoring around your needs don't pay attention to the commercials that are on tv the um, you know pay for only what you need everyone needs something different so you need to sit down and evaluate what that is because it's very easy to get into a large incident and see a lot of that taken away from you because you didn't spend the extra a hundred dollars a year to get that a million dollar coverage, um, and there's ways to determine that too. You know, determining what you're exposed for. Um, but yeah, take the time to review it like you do most things in life. I mean, when you meet with Ellen Becker, you sit down and you go through your financials and you're looking at retirement and. Insurance should be treated the same way, not taken lightly because it's protecting those hard-earned assets that you have accumulated and and built over your lifetime.
1: And today we've been talking pretty much about the personal side of business, but Star Group um, does home auto. They do business insurance, they do group health, and they also focus on employee benefits. So if you really have questions in any of this risk management, I would recommend that you give Nick a call and you can do that at 414-421-3800, or you can go to nstar, S-T-A-R-R at stargroup.com. Um, lots of good information there. And as always, I hope that I've made a difference in your personal and financial well-being. Remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Have a really great weekend. Bye-bye.